What's up, guys? All right, so this is um, going to be the first episode of the Baseball Podcast. If you didn't catch the X's and O's Podcast, this is my baseball podcast called the Triple Crown. Um, I didn't want to again. I didn't want to hassle with creating two, so I'm just creating two in one, basically. So this will be re- this will be released as a baseball podcast. I am joined by a special guest here, my father. Say hello. Hello. Um, and he's been a baseball fan since probably the day he was born. Uh, his or shortly thereafter, yes. <laughs> he has early recollections from the '70s. I have recollections from the 2010s. But we um, father son duo here. Both love baseball. The man that got me into baseball. We have a few topics. We are sad, lonely Rangers fans, and we will start with that. Uh, the big news of today is the Chris Davis, Elvis Andrews trade. Uh, the Rangers give up Elvis Andrews and a catching prospect uh, named Aramis Garcia and $13.5 million in cash to the A's for outfielder D.H. Chris Davis, catcher Jonathan he- Jonah Heim, sorry, and right-hander uh, Dane Acker. So, Dad, what do you think about this deal for the Rangers? Well, at first I was, of course, like everyone else, I was really shocked. I, I remember when I saw the link, I, I texted it to you, expecting you to think that you've already seen it, but you hadn't seen it yet. And your reaction was kind of like mine. You know, it was like, what? Because, you know, Elvis has been here. He's the last link to the 2010-11 teams, which you unfortunately don't really remember. Um, that's the last time we were good. So, you know, it's, it's just it's hard to say goodbye to somebody like that because he's one thinks he's kind of like the cornerstone of the franchise right now. And, and um, yes, he's given us a lot of good plays and a lot of good play over the years. But, you know, he's... He's only 32. People think he's older because he came up when he was 20. But only being 32, you know, he's, his numbers have been in decline for a few years now. And so maybe this is just a chance for him to get a fresh start. I don't know. Um, I hate to see him go, but I learned a long time ago not to get emotionally attached to these guys. Uh, when I was 14, the Rangers traded Buddy Bell to the Reds, and that's the only time I've ever cried over a sports trade and have my sports heart broken over a trade, then I just kind of realized, you know, these guys are just going to come and go. And it's too hard not to get attached to them. Like, you know, you think back to some of those teams when we were good, you know, it was hard to say goodbye to Josh Hamlin. And, well, he kind of, not really maybe, but I still hated to see him go. We hated to see Mike Napoli go. Michael Young was traded, you know, for for a pennant to try to win a pennant. So it, it, it was hard seeing some of those guys go. And Elvis being the last link, you know, I, I can understand the fans, a lot of fans on Facebook that they had an emotional reaction to him leaving, and I can understand that. But at the same time, you know, basically it, it's, kind of, it's kind of a salary dump there. Elvis was going to make 14, a little over $14 million this year, and they're paying $13 million of it to the A's. And they're taking back Chris Davis's salary, which is just I think it was sixteen million seven hundred fifty thousand. Uh, so uh, I think that was right. I think Elvis is at fourteen two fifty this year and next year, and I'm pretty sure Chris Davis's for next year is going to be set was going to be sixteen million seven hundred fifty thousand. Um, I think something like that. I got the contract right here. It was he was signed through this year at he he signed a two year thirty three point five million. Um, All right. Yeah, I got, I got it right here. Uh, uh, he, he, he'll, he'll be making a sixteen seven five for the Rangers. So it, it is a. Were you done? Sorry, I went. Straight. Well, so basically, we're paying Elvis a salary to the A's minus about a million dollars. We're taking on a sixteen, almost seventeen million dollar salary. But Chris Davis is a free agent at the end of the season, where Elvis. Uh, still has a fourteen million two hundred fifty thousand dollars salary for next year, plus he has a player option for twenty twenty three that will kick in if he reaches five hundred at bats next year. I think it's five hundred or five hundred and fifty at bats or a thousand at bats over the next two years, and he hasn't done that the last couple of years. So he may have some incentive to get that because that that becomes a player option in two thousand twenty three. So that means you know it's up to him, not the mutual option that it is right now. So and he'll almost certainly exercise that because who he's not going to get 15 million on the open market in three years. So you know it's basically a salary dump really and a chance to give a couple of guys that have been down the last couple of years a chance to um, 
to maybe revitalize their career. I mean, me and you remember Chris Davis a couple of years ago. We were at the ballpark and he hit a home run. Was he? He hit one home run. So, he, so I remember. I remember Davis. He came up. He hit a home run, and he came back up later on in the game, and he hit the go-ahead homer. And I, we we were we were with our, our church, and I and I remember uh, being like, Dad, I got a bad feeling because da- Chris Davis kills us. I mean, Davis is probably the most notorious Ranger killer that I've seen. Um, may, up there with like the Kyle Seegers and of course Mike Trout always kill, he kills everybody. But Davis. Always, it seems like anytime he played the A's, he was guaranteed for at least one or two homers in the series. So I think it's funny that you're going to recruit the guy that has been beating you all this <laughs> all this time. Well, and I saw a stat today. I'm not sure. I wasn't able to verify this, but someone said that Chris Davis has 32 career home runs against the Rangers, and that doesn't sound right. But it sounds like you know. I know every time he came up for a while, it seems like he was killing us, hitting home runs or killing us. So. It's getting something. Uh, I'll weigh in here for the Rangers. Listen, I know that a lot of the fans, uh, sadly, a lot of our fans probably didn't know we had a team until 2010. So a lot of these fans, and that's me being half serious, that some of these fans really didn't start following the Rangers. They might be, oh, I'm a fan, but I don't really start following it. Excuse me, around that time. And so Andrews was like, like the little brother of the team. He was 20, really young. Um, and so a lot of these fans got emotionally attached to him. And he's the last piece, and it's kind of like, a, like it's just it's a piece of Rangers history here that I think some fans are looking at. It it's dying, and now we have no connections, and it's just like the last connection to when we were actually a competitive ball club. 2015-2016 doesn't count. We were saved by our closers both years. Um, but as my dad said here, it, it's a salary dump for both teams because you'll dump salary for the next two years. And I want to point out that Gallo's going to be a free agent, I think, when Elvis contract would have run out. And so they could be looking for an extension for him or just freeing up money because that's always a good thing to do. Um, but, yeah, it, it sucks to see him go, but he's on the decline. And we heard earlier in the offseason that they wanted to move Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to short, and this opens up a spot at third. And so I had a feeling Andrews, I didn't know if he was going to become a bench bat. I knew he did not want to probably be a bench bat being like you know Elvis Andrews. But... He is he. 2020 was a weird year, but he. I got some stats right here. 2019, he hit. Um, where is it? 2019, he hit 275. So, I mean, he had decent years because I remember he started coming back. But I mean, he he's he's getting injured a lot. That's a lot of big thing is is injuries are playing a factor with Elvis. Um, so I mean, it's it's on it's honestly. Plus, I I know that we were talking about the prospects for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones I heard him raving about, you heard him raving about, was catcher Jonah Heim and his defensive abilities. Yeah, anything to? Yeah, I heard someone say today that um, I forgot to look and see if he has any. I don't think he actually has any major league experience. But um, oh, okay, I, I thought he did. I thought he was up at the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, he played thirteen games last year with him. He had two eleven, but he's only twenty five years old. So, but I know a lot of people were raving about his defensive abilities. His ability to call a game, his ability to block pitches, frame pitches. So to me, he's kind of the almost kind of the key piece of the deal. Because I don't, you know, if Chris Davis can give us anything next year, that's great if he can. You know, if he can't, then I guess everyone will just lambaste the Rangers for making this trade. But I, I think Hill and Acker, they said, is intriguing also the pitcher. But Hill is, I mean, Heim, sorry. I'm thinking Jonah Hill, the actor, sorry. Uh, Jonah Heim, I think he has a chance to maybe be something. I know we've got Sam Huff waiting in the wings, and we got Jose Trevino, though right now that should be the starting catcher, but I think they want to give Huff and Young a little more time in the minor leagues um, just to get them a little more a little more season. They're all-around games. So Heim does intrigue me. I think he can maybe even step in this year and be the backup. So and I don't know if it's easy thing, but I mean, I right here at 95 innings as a catcher. Um, he started 12 games. Mm-hmm. He has two defensive run saves in those in those 12 games, and uh, that sounds sounds pretty good. I'm checking Ack right now. He has not played, of course, in the uh, major leagues yet. He has yet to make his debut. But I know as you said about the them lambasting Daniels on the Facebook groups. They were letting John Daniels, as Ranger fans love to do, letting him have it because apparently our fans don't know that, you know, there's this thing called a rebuild you have to go through. And 
you know, that, that takes a couple years. It takes even longer in baseball because prospects take several years to develop. This is not like football or basketball where you draft impact players that year and they come and make an impact. In baseball, you draft a guy three years later, he might still be in double A. That, that's just the, the reality of building a baseball team. And I know we have some young guys coming up. Tavares was uh, probably, he's our starting center fielder next year. Solak's now officially up. You got some young guys there. I know we got Dane Dunning in the Lance Lynn trade. He didn't really come up with this, but, you know, it's a young guy that we got. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that rebuilds take a while, and it's probably going to be at least a minimum, minimum of this season, next season, and probably the next season before you start to see some talk of maybe getting back into the, 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 the hunt because I'm thinking that the Astros will be dying down by that time, please. The Mariners will always be bad. The A's, um, uh, they're an interesting team to see what they to see what they'll do. I mean, uh, Bean's still back with them, right? Because I know he was leaving, but I think he went back. And the Angels, I mean, they're making some pretty good moves. So it might be, it might t- might be, they might hopefully burn their crap out, and then we can be ready to take over the AL West. The Angels always seem willing to spend a lot of money, but on the wrong players. <clears throat> Josh except Hamilton. maybe except maybe Rendon and <clears throat> Josh Hamilton, <clears throat> yes. uh, CJ C. Wilson yeah. when they thought you know these guys were going to carry to a championship. Well, and even the Pujols contract, you know, I had a friend of mine when they gave him that contract. I had a friend that's an Angels fan. He didn't like it because he's like, by the end of that contract, it's going to be an albatross. And I told him, well, if you win a World Series, it's worth it. But yeah, now they're in at the end of that contract, and Pujols is not the same player he was ten years ago. Cause he's forty years old right now, so. Yeah, and it didn't win a World Series with it, so it's it you know they seem to spend a lot of money, but sometimes it's not exactly on the right guys. And that seems to be a, the case for a lot of sports teams. Sometimes is that you know you, you allocate a lot of resources to free agents and and trades, and they just don't work out. I mean, mm-hmm. think I'm looking back, I'm thinking about just the the, the two pro, some of the prospects that we gave up in those trades in 15 and 16 for Luke Roy and Jefferson. Those guys, I don't think too many of them panned out. Jorge Alfaro has been looking like he might be pretty good. Lewis Brinson's taking his sweet time, uh, but it's, it's one of those you think, wow, you know, you hope you don't give up too much, but if you win a championship, it it's all completely worth it. Um, but now we're kind of switching to the, just to, just to the state of the Rangers right now. Mm-hmm. They're they're still our Rangers. We're still gonna cheer. We're still gonna love them. It it's gonna be it, it's there's gonna be some growing pains. The, 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 we have I know the the two names. That to watch in the minor leagues is still Hans Kraus, the right-hander, with the funky motion, and uh, Cole Wynn, one of our big-time first-round picks, who I believe is coming back from uh, Tommy John surgery. Uh, I believe because I think half of our pros- I think half of our prospect system pitchers are coming back from Tommy John surgery. But um, I got it right here. Yeah, then Dane Dunning's our third prospect. There's Wynn. There's Kraus. Palumbo. I I I love Joe Palumbo. I think he's gonna serve as the when I, I remember he, when Kluber tore his uh, shoulder, he came in and for the first time through the order, he was great. And then the next time they figured him out. So I'm thinking he's that opener. I'm warming up. I don't. I don't know if you're. I'm warming up to the opener once a fifth. Like having your fifth daughter, if you can't decide who it's gonna be, say like I know our, uh, for Jordan Lyles. Mm-hmm. Let, 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 let's let's open with Palumbo for two innings. And then bring out Lyles for maybe four or five, and then your boy, and then and and that might be what you do. I think Palumbo, that's going to be his role because he's a good pitcher. Just seems to be they figure him out. I mean, well, he he just may need to make some adjustments too. He's still young, so he still might pan out to be a decent starter too. He's twenty six, so I mean, he still need just needs hey, some more experience. He's easy, easy and I mean, you know, Nelson Cruz was, I mean, different positions of course, but twenty nine when he when he decided to figure things out. Yeah, I mean, some guys are, are you know A Rod and Andrew Jones and you know young phenoms, and they come up on their nineteen or twenty and have success, and then yeah, yeah, Nelson Cruz, it took him a while to figure it out. I mean, he got, I mean, he was. Exposed in the Rule Five draft, no one took him. He was on waivers, and no one took him. So, and now he's just—he's forty, still raking, and just signed a big contract with the Twins. So, hey, he's still and, in demand. And I know? think the pitcher name to watch for this year is the twenty twenty-four here, Kyle Cody. Mm-hmm. He looked excellent. I got his MLB.com stuff, the scouting grades. Uh, they gave this is on a scale of twenty to eighty. They gave his fastball sixty, changeup fifty, slider fifty-five. So. It, it, that that he's got some he's got good stuff and he looked very very promising in his starts. 
Um, obviously, going in 2020, there were some high expectations. Uh, those didn't happen. Mike Miner re- decided to regress that year. Uh, Corey Kluber pitched one inning, and then his shoulder said, uh-uh. And when, when that happens, you know, when, when two of your top starters going into the year get hurt within the first week, that or not, not get hurt, but when two of your top starters are either ineffective or hurt, there's not much you can do about that, and you're going to rely on young guys. I think it showed that our team has pieces that can develop. Tavares is like my, my new like favorite player. He's super exciting because he's he's got pop. He's he he's not Kinsler top of the order power, but he's 15 home run power maybe. Maybe and he can run that ball down center field. I like him in center field. I I, I love I loved it. He's like the liner to Shields, but hey, guess what, folks? He can get on base. That that's the fun part. He's the Shields that can get on first base to then use his speed. The Shields can never do that. Well, I sure would like to see the Shields make the team this year. Maybe as a fourth outfielder type of guy, I'm pulling for that guy. Oh, I, I, I've like the Shields because uh, he was he was my first exposures as a what a, what the heck the real five draft was. So he's kind of been like that Ranger that's kind of stuck around. Um, and then I'm gonna shift right now to fight fight Mike Fultonevich. It's 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 a mouthful of a name. Me and you both were championing to sign him when they when Atlanta released him because here's me and him here's our criteria for a pitcher right it's living, breathing, has the ability to throw a baseball. If he's in a wheelchair, maybe, but if he can throw a baseball, we t- you take a look because right now you're looking for guys that can eat innings until your young guys can come in and develop. Well, unfortunately, though, he doesn't fit the other criteria. I don't think Fulton Neva just had Tommy John surgery yet. That's but. right. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't had that one yet. But I mean, two million dollars. What, what the heck? I mean, if the guy, if, if he comes in and sucks, okay, what you lose? You lost two million dollars and some innings that needed to be eaten anyway. You you don't you lose this is this is lose nothing for the Rangers. And if you gain something, heck, by the All Star break, if you turn him into two prospects, maybe three. Potentially, I mean, I don't know, you know, what kind of value, but you know, he could be having a great season, and then you sell him off for a couple of prospects. I'm, I'm completely fine with that. Signing these pitchers who high, you know, low, literally no floor, high ceiling, and if they don't work out, you lose nothing. If they work out, you might gain a few guys. Then maybe can, we can keep him and build around him. Who knows? You know, I, I liked him with Atlanta. I know he had a velocity drop yeah. last year and was not effective, but see, that's kind of that, and that's so. That's almost an embarrassing of riches if you're Atlanta that you can let a guy like that go, that you've got other guys yeah, I mean, that can go. step in and take his place. I mean, it's Atlanta right now, but they've all, they've always had an embarrassment of riches on pitching, especially since the 90s. But <clears throat> that's just amazing they can let a guy like this go, you know, because they're like, ah, we got, you know, we got better than you. It's it's kind of amazing. Well, and it's like for a, guy like the, for a team like the Rangers – you know, a guy like Fultonevich, we would not want to give up on him so easily. Mm-mm. But when it comes to the Braves, they have Soroka, they have Freed, they have I mean, who else they have on that team? Um, I'm, I'm blanking now on some of the names. Well, one of them tore his Achilles. He's good. So that was that was Soroka because I had him on my fantasy team, and then he went and just decided to tear his Achilles. And thing. they got Freed, and they've got. I, I'm um, getting it up right now. On them. And they got other young guys too that are not. Ian Anderson are, looked Anderson exceptional. Looked great, yeah. Um, Freed, Luke. Uh, no, sorry, woo, 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 he's a bullpen guy. Char- and they got Charlie Morton in the offseason. Sean yes. Newcomb. Plus they Newcomb, him. yeah. So they, um, yeah. and of course they signed ex Ranger, awesome, great player Drew Smiley. Hey, he did good last year I'll, with the Giants. I'll never know, forget hey. going into that season. It was we had three, you had three Tommy John guys. You had Volquez, Shelly Miller, and Drew Smiley, and that was a very forgettable season. Those three guys sucked. Mm-hmm. Miller was the worst. In fact, the the better, the best of the three kept getting hurt. Volquez, he was the one guy that was actually not completely. Awful. He was still throwing 96 miles an hour. He just wasn't really getting guys out consistently. No. Um, and now we're going to shift, I think, from the Rangers, if that's okay with you. Yeah, to... some, some days about the Rangers, talking about the Rangers, you know, talking about the fan base and how they didn't know oh, yeah, we had a team. Base. You know, some days I miss Some days I miss the good old days when we walked up opening day in, I think it was 89. We walked up opening day, got good tickets, and we saw Jack Morris and Charlie Huff throw a complete, each throw a complete game which would never happen today. And there was probably, you know, maybe 15,000 people in the stands. 
to you know to when they were good. You remember one year, me and you walked up one year after your birthday party, and we sat in the last row of the upper deck down the left field line, couldn't see. And we're like, I'm like, man, I kind of missed the days when nothing was expected of us, and and we used to look at the schedule and go, okay, so we're gonna go see Kansas City because. We'll get to see George Brett, and we'll get we'll go see the Orioles because Ripken's in town, and we're gonna go see the Red Sox because Wade Boggs, and, and we're gonna go. We we planned it. We planned our our trips to the ballpark just to see who the visiting team was gonna be, as much as the Rangers, unless Nolan Ryan was on the mound. So sometimes I miss those days when nothing was expected of us, you know. But. Well, I mean, Rangers have, as you always said, the redheaded stepchild of the league. We, it, the Rangers. Hey, look, are, are we gonna be good in the next few years? God, I what's well, right? Uh, no, quit. God, I hope so. I, I have. I mean, 2015, 2016, um, we didn't have uh, cable at the time, so we 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 could not watch the radio. We had to listen to it on the radio at the time, and uh, that sucks. So I've actually have no m- memory of a Rangers playoff game because I was seven in 2011, and I was too young then to stay up late and watch them. So I have no recollection of a Rangers doing anything in the playoffs. Um, the only memories I have of hearing is Bautista's bat flip, and that's about it. There's really nothing else I have good about the Rangers' playoffs. I mean, there's not much good, but there was good for, you know, two years. And, of course, we won our first playoff game. But, I mean, I would love to see a winner. I, I, I would love to be excited about the baseball season. I mean, not saying, I mean I'm, always, I'm always excited, don't get me wrong, for baseball season. It's baseball, and baseball is, is the greatest sport known to man, as the great Babe Ruth once said. It's the, best, the greatest game of them all. But when it, when it comes to my team, I'm excited for the first about two weeks. Then when it starts to settle in that we're not going to do anything, you know, you, you, but I mean, I'll still watch, but it's just one of those, you're just like, ugh. It's just, it's going to be fun this year because actually we have some young guys. It used to be we had some veterans and the young guys were guys like Jared Hoying and Brett Nicholas who weren't going to amount to much. Now we actually have top prospects getting called up. Again, Huff, Tavares, Young will probably get called up this year. Those are guys that you're ex- actually excited excited to watch. I mean, the last great prospect we had was probably Joey Gallo, honestly. Well, like I was, my last point I was going to say was oh, yeah. I know growing up it seemed like the Rangers were always the – Everyone else's farm system, you know, we even when Ruben Sierra came up, he was, you know, the first homegrown prospect that I remember, because you know, and he played with played so well for us, and it, when he got one year from free agency, he got traded. We traded him and Bobby Witt, you know, to the A's, and it's like, well, I mean, you know, we, we were just used to it. Like even if we get a guy homegrown like Kevin Brown or some of like that, we know that. When it gets close to time to frenzy, we're just going to trade them because that's just what we what the Rangers seem like. We grew these guys for other teams, and it got you know frustrating. That's why it just blew your mind when I told you when we signed Nolan Ryan, we were all stunned because free agents just didn't come here unless it was some spare part guy. You know, free agents. Bucky Dent. Yeah, didn't come here, and when Nolan Ryan came here, I mean. Talk about exciting. I mean, his starts were, you know, we, we tried to go to as many of them as we can, or could, sorry. But, you know, he was like, it was like, wow, you know, people, maybe people would will want to come here and play. And then, you know, not really. <laughs> the, I mean, when the new ballpark opened, I remember Ken Hill insisted on signing with the Rangers. And I was like, wow, okay. And he was good for us for a couple of those playoff teams. But, you know, it's just, we're, we love them, win or lose. And, I, you know, while I would love to see them go back to the World Series and go back to the playoffs, and I don't think my heart can take it if they make another one and lose. Um, well, <laughs> if they not, go back, I hope okay, they win this de- time. Define lose. If you lose like 2010 to the Giants where you got your butts handed to you four games to one, you're fine. But if you lose like 2011 mm-hmm. where you're two, where you're a strike away twice and you you continue to blow it like that, I mean, it, that I don't I don't I can't imagine. I mean, I remember being heartbroken when the Dallas Stars lost. I remember being heartbroken when the Cowboys lost in the playoff games. Being heartbroken when the Mavericks got eliminated, I can't imagine because the Rangers are my ultimate team. Being that even more heartbroken than that, I mean, I can't imagine what you, the Rangers, the fan base went through in eleven, watching Freeze hit the homer onto the hill. We don't speak of that. 
Well, uh, I have to. All right, we're gonna shift. But to uh, but a few yeah a few months, weeks ago, oh, yeah. me and you what he he my son here insisted on watching Game Six. Okay, and, uh, I want to note I'm not crazy. I I've never seen no it. not crazy and masochistic. And so. and I I wa- I wanted to watch it as a baseball fan. I wanted to see what it was like to experience the whole game. I can't imagine what it was like to experience it live. To be one game away from the World Series, and one then one strike, and then David, expletive freeze. Because it's a family podcast. Well, we right. could do a whole podcast on Game Six. We, we, we really, could do we a, really we, could. We're honestly yeah. just, we're twenty five minutes in here, so we probably need to shift a little bit. But shift, I said shift. I he said say, shift. I said shift. I I want to make sure I say the right. I don't want to accidentally slip or something. So we're gonna move because we could talk the whole time about the Rangers to uh, Trevor Bauer, which is probably one of the second biggest news of baseball. I compare Trevor Bauer to being like the CM Punk of baseball. If you don't remember, if you if you if you don't watch wrestling at all, you didn't watch it, you know, like ten years ago, you won't know. CM Punk was like the guy that he decided to go not rogue, but he, uh, it was part of the gimmick. But he he was a guy that rebelled and he didn't like the the old the old ways were becoming were still the ways, and he wanted to change that. And that's what Bauer is to me. He's like the guy that's hey, we we need to get Manfred out of there, which I do agree with. I don't think Manfred should be in power. He doesn't want what's best for the game. Slowing baseball down by 10 minutes is not going to make fans suddenly want to go to the ballpark. You do that by promoting the prospect, by promoting the players, by promoting... That's why I think that people are not even understanding how great MLB The Show is, going to the video game route for a second here, to baseball, because it's going cross-platform. If you didn't hear, it's going to the Xbox, and it's probably going to the Nintendo Switch, but it allows Xbox players... I know I, My friend Seth has been dying to play that game, but he couldn't because he wasn't on PlayStation. This might get more fans into baseball through a video game or anything like that. Bob Costas for commissioner, twenty twenty one. So, I I was I see I want to see I, I think former players should almost be a commissioner because they truly know what it's like to be a player and I mean, obviously but but to experience it to experience the game experience and see the what needs to be changed. Um, and I love Griffey. I think Griffey's exciting. I think he knows kind of what should happen in baseball. Uh, first, you start up, but I mean, back to Bauer. Sorry, we need to get to Trevor Bauer here. Um, Bauer received a dump truck full of money from the Dodgers. The rich get even more richer. That that rotation, I mean, is going to be super unfair going into the year. You've got Bauer. I mean, who, I mean, who do you put at one? You, you have three guys who can be number one starters. Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller. I mean, out of respect, it's got to be right now. It's got to be Clayton Kershaw. I mean, oh. when you when you bring a guy in as a free agent, you know he. I don't. I, I can't put him ahead of Bauer or Bueller. Honestly, I would start him third, but that's me. Who Bauer? Yeah, I start Bauer third. I mean, when you bring a, I mean, unless I mean, see, that, uh, we're gonna get into this argument in a minute. Yeah, but we're gonna but argue when about you this. look at Bauer's stats, uh, you know. This is the thing I have a problem with: is you give a guy, he's going to make forty million dollars this year. He's got an opt out for next year. I don't see how anyone could walk away from forty five million dollars next year. I don't think he's going to. Now, after twenty twenty two, he might. He's got another opt out after twenty two. He might opt out then. But we were talking about this earlier. You look at his stats. His only really good full season is two thousand eighteen, and that was one hundred and seventy five innings. I mean, 2019 with Cleveland was decent. Then he got traded to the Reds and got absolutely bombed in 10 starts. Then last year in 11 starts, which is kind of a, you know, we were talking, 2020, it's hard to look at the at the stats for 2020. Like, me and Brady both play a uh, baseball Simulation dice game. game. It's called APBA, A-P-B-A or APBA. And shout out to them, by the way, on the podcast. Uh, they're not a sponsor. We're just a shout out. And and all the people that play in the tournaments around the country have all said we we're not going to use any 2020 team in the tournaments. They're not allowed just because it was such a small sample size. And I agree. But a 175 ERA in 73 innings. He only gave up 41 hits, walked 17, and struck out 100. I mean that's for for 73 innings. That's incredible. And there's no doubt that Bauer. Is a good pitcher. He he's a very cerebral pitcher. He thinks a lot. He's you know Smart one of these guys that he's one of the guys that puts four or five different grips on some of his pitches. And he loves to pitch. He loves to compete. And I like I like his new breed of attitude. 
I mean, he's another one. Maybe his social media needs to get cut off sometimes. But hey, you know, speak your mind. But but I, that's just so much money for a guy. There was a our debate today on one of the Facebook groups. Is he worth forty million? Well, you're worth what the market's going to pay you, and so the market decided he was worth forty million dollars. So I mean, you look at this. You look. You look at the market, and shout out to the late great Marvin Miller for creating the baseball economic system for this that allowed Bauer to get paid like this. Is the supply and the demand. You look at this year's crop of starters. He's the best starter by a country mile, most likely. I mean, I, I, I can't even off the top of my head that would be better than Bauer as a free agent. Not, tra- not trade target, because, you know, those Snell and Darvish and those guys. But I'm talking free agent. Uh, I think he's looking up right now. But I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that, was, uh, that, that, could, even hold a, that could hold a candle to Bauer as a starter. And so when, and when that happens, you create teams getting desperate for you. And I even heard the Mets' offer was more. So you create that, you create, you trick, the, the, the supply was so small that, the, that so the, it rose the demand for Bauer. The Mets' offer was actually, it was the same for next year, $40 million, but it was $35 million the next year and $30 million the next year. And, but he, and he would still have the opt-out after the first two seasons. And I think that, um, I think Bauer's good for baseball. I think a lot of... Not you, but when I've heard of, like the the old guys, the old people of baseball, you know, he sometimes you know they didn't have these guys, but he's out he's outspoken, okay, and he he wants to make the game of baseball fun. He wants to make it, you know, I mean, if it's only like in baseball you can't trash talk anymore, or if you're gonna get ejected or you're gonna get a fine. And football, I mean, and basketball and stuff like that, things happen all the time, and it makes the game more fun. The little mini rivalries, like when he wore the Joe Kelly cleats, he got fined for that. That's great. That 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 that's taking care. Of, that's if Manfred had two brain cells rubbed together, he would know that hey, you turn that Joe Kelly thing into a marketing stunt. Create T-shirts, create mugs, create whatever you want. You could sell that. You know, I mean, th- these players aren't allowed to have attitudes on on the diamond anymore, and that just ticks me off because it it's not it's it's driving people. It's making the game of baseball not fun. And not that baseball's slow, but baseball is slower than the other games. It's, it's football and those guys; those, those games have action in spurts. Baseball has just con- a continuous slow action that is anticipation. I think it was uh, Dan Dan Orkins, is that his name from the baseball documentaries from Ken Burns? Oh, Daniel Okrent, I think his name was. Okrent. Yeah. He was one that said baseball. The 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 the, the it's the anticipation, and that's what makes it fun. But there is action, and I don't think, and Bauer and these guys are trying to create more storylines, more fun, more highlights on Twitter, things like that. You can't do that. Baseball shuts it down. I remember, I love to watch, there was a shout out to a YouTuber named Dodger Films. This guy, he would he filmed Dodger games with, with his buddies, and I loved to binge watch them. Because it was like I was sitting at the Dodger game, but of course, what did MLB do? Well, they banned it, because, oh, you can't show an MLB game, because... God forbid someone enjoys the game, you have to pay up for it. And that and I have a problem with that. And I think Bauer's trying to change the game. So but that probably that, violates that thing like, we've heard for all of our life is, you know, this broadcast is licensed and no you can't, you know, show it without our permission or whatever. That's probably what that is. But anyway, the next according to MLB trade rumors and a shout out to them too. The next best pitcher on the board is Jake Odorizzi, who's not going to get yeah. anywhere near. He's a good pitcher. He'll but, get 10 mil maybe. Uh, they projected 339, but I'm not sure he's even going to get that. No. Uh, then after that is James Paxton, who if he was healthy... Three years ago, James Paxton. ...would command not $40 million, but he's on the... And then Taiwan Walker, same thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rick Porcello, who I wouldn't mind the Rangers taking a chance on him, honestly, but... I want... See, if I had the Rangers, I want Taiwan Walker. Walker's a guy that's still kind of young that might develop into a good pitcher. But according but, to them, that's the next best free agent pitcher. And, right and that just so. makes my point that Bauer was head and shoulders above the rest, and so it creates more money for Bauer. Is he worth $40 million? Heck no. I would have paid him in the low to mid-30s, you know, but... I would not pay him forty million. He's not worth that. That those are the, the forty millions is for the caliber of Scherzer and Verlander and Strasburg and Cole and Degrom. Bauer is to me the tier right below them. He's an elite pitcher, but 
but he's not one of the greatest. He's not one of the greats right now. He's just he's he's one of the pretty good ones. I'd give him a dollar more than Garrett Cole. You want to be the highest paid pitcher? Okay, I'll give you a dollar more than Garrett Cole and leave it at that. Well, that's that's being a little that's being well. Lost. You want to be the highest paid? I, mean, I remember one year when I was when when I was in college, when when it seemed like the highest paid player changed. Every week, week to week, one guy, yeah, he got like a thousand or a million or something, hundred thousand more than the next guy. It was crazy there for a while. I want to, I, 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 we were going to talk about Marcelo Zuna right now, but I think we're talking, since we're, we're talking about the Dodgers, I'm going to shift to the Dodgers and the Padres. I think it was Kendall's thought. I saw someone on Twitter today that it was, hey, we're going to hype up this rivalry. This is going to be for the next, I think, at minimum five years, is going to be the next great rivalry in baseball because they're same state, they're, Pretty close. I'm, I'm not a geography expert. I don't know how close L.A. is to San Diego. I know they're both kind of on the coast there, I believe. Uh, again, not a geography expert. You don't come here for the geography. So I'm not going to bore you with that. But both teams are kind of reloading for a – I mean, what's going to – I mean, I think the NLCS are, is – you know, she it, it, the, the reason – okay, so they're – how many miles is that? They're an hour and 45 minutes. All right. So, yeah, you're right. The, the thing is, is – the problem with the, the two, two teams in the same division is that you'd love to see them in the NLCS. I want to see them duke it out in a best-of-seven series. But you're not going to see that because the Padres are probably going to get the wild card, going to cream whoever is in the wild card game, and probably go on to face the number one seeded Dodgers in a best-of-five series, which is still good. And and those games, even the regular, the regular season games, I'm going to compare it to the 50s in New York. When you had the Giants, the Yankees, when you had the Giants and the Dodger games, and then of course the Yankees Dodgers in the World Series, those, I mean, real close, close quarters. You know, your 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 neighbor's a Giants fan, you're a Dodgers fan. Now it's your neighbor's a Padres. You know, your your buddy's a Padres fan, you're a Dodgers fan, and the game's coming up. The Padres did more restocking, and they sweat traded for Blake Snell. You trade for you Darvish. You. I mean, we're going to kind of go into last year. Clevenger's going to be coming back next season. I mean, they're getting, they're reloading in there. And, of course, you can't forget the, the and only they show cover boy, Fernando, Fernando Tatis Jr. Okay. Um, and he is a super, super exciting player to watch. Even as Rangers fans, the whole unwritten rules thing, Woodward can shove it. Um... I don't, I don't think there's the unwritten rules. I, I think that uh, Tatis did nothing wrong, but that's gonna Neither. be. A, you don't want him to hit a grand slam. Don't give him a meatball. So it's gonna be a really fun rivalry because Tatis is young, but Charles still got years on his contract. The Padres seem AJ Preller seems to be able to find young talent, and I, I don't doubt he'll be able to find more young talent in the field. Obviously, Jake Cronenworth is looking like he's the next greatest, you know, the next best thing. Um, it's well, going to be it's going to be a good rivalry. Well, let's go back. We're talking about you know when they signed Eric Hosmer yeah. a few years ago. They gave him a boatload of money, and we're like, why in the world would he go to San Diego? They're not any good right now. Then the very next season, okay, why would they give Manny Machado a boatload of money? They're not very good right now. But see, we didn't know <laughs> that they had all these gun guys coming up, and I believe they got Tatis in a trade. Tatis, um, well, you can. Um, and I, I do want to say that we, me and you, I think we're thinking, obviously they've sold Hosmer and they've sold Machado on the idea that... Tatis was in the James Shields deal, wasn't he? Yeah, so, I mean, they can't... They, I thought they both couldn't have went there just because the weather in San Diego is beautiful every day. Hey. See, my thought... My, I think we knew, hey, he's probably... They're probably selling him on, hey, we got this... Yeah, he was in... Traded by the Chicago White Sox with Eric Johnson to the Padres for James Shields. What a trade that was. Oh, that's bad. The White Sox. Could you, I just want to just. That's almost as bad as Larry Anderson for Jeff Bagwell. I just, I just want to make this point. Could you imagine Tatis on the White Sox right now? The White Sox are, are, they're the next. They are, they are scary good right now with Moncada and Abreu. And and, now Lance Lynn. And Robert and Lou. uh, If you, they, if they had Tatis right now, they would be. Well, Scary good. It, it, so I, I wanted to point that one out, but the Padres are they're loaded. They're, they're loaded for sure. And and I do. I, and this is a, just a fun little note. 
Their broadcasters are amazing. They are the best. Uh, and Don, so yeah, I like Don Arcillo when he was with the Red Sox, and we got the MLB package. But but uh, so I'm gonna enjoy Mark watching Grant them. is is a hoot, man. He's great. I'm gonna enjoy watch. I'm gonna watch them probably almost as much as I watch my Rangers, um, because I I'm not uh, bandwagoning kind of. My dad is his NL team is the Dodgers. And since I'm a young person, I might decide with the Padres just to go against him just for fun. And no, I'm not a bandwagon Dodger fan. I was a fan in the 70s of their, say, Garvey Lopes, Russell Enfield, and I've always, always, always loved Tommy Lasorda. And so his death a few weeks ago, even though he was 93 years old, it wasn't totally unexpected, but his death was heartbreaking because I have always admired and loved Tommy Lasorda. So that's why I'm a Dodger fan living in Texas, always have been. Um, I like the Dodgers. I we have we have cousins from 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 California that are Dodgers. So I I've he kind of spread the love. I don't. There's only one team I hate in the American League. In, 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 is the Astros. I don't even mind the Yankees. I'm saying it on live. This is for the world to hear. I don't mind the New York Yankees. And one reason is because I've had to defend them to so many of my friends about how they have not bought a championship. And actually, my next podcast I might explain on here why the Yankees have never bought a championship and they use homegrown talent. But um, Well, they did free agency the right way. You know, Catfish they, they brought in Catfish Hunter. We're going off topic. And, and Catfish Hunter, they even, I think it was in the Reggie Jackson documentaries, that Catfish Hunter taught us how to win. And then they brought in Dave Winfield. And they, 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 they have always been really good at, that's what free agency is designed for. Like Everyone wants the Rangers to sign you know, the top free agent. Well, if we were, look at, go back to 2011 when we were so good. We traded for, we traded for Mike Adams. We traded for Koji Wahara. You know, we, they've proven in the past, if we were one player away, like we fleeced the Angels out of Mike Napoli. So, you know, when they trade him to Toronto, then Toronto flips him here. That, that, that pretty much ensured that we'll never trade with the Angels again, probably. But, um, you know, they've proven in the past if we're one player away, we'll get that player. And the Yankees in the 70s, ready to, you know, that's what they did. They, they signed Reggie. They signed, um, you know, they traded for Lupinella. They signed Catfish. You can't forget the homegrown talent of Thurman Munson and and, and Ron Guidry. And, and Willie Randolph. And guys and, like that. Yeah. So, anyway, I, next anyway. podcast, I promise, I will explain how the, the Yankees have never bought a championship. They just use fragrance the way you're supposed to use it. They just have a lot of money to spend, and they spend it. It's the same with the Dodgers. You like the Dodgers. <laughs> you look at the Dodgers, but see. Let's yeah, because there, I saw they are way over the salary, let, or the luxury tax. But, but if they win this year, who let's cares? Let's go over the Dodgers roster for a second. Bellinger, he's homegrown. Corey Seager. He's homegrown. Clayton Kershaw, he's homegrown. Walker Bueller, he's homegrown. Uh, uh, Kenley Jansen, he's homegrown, I believe. So Kenley Jansen was a catcher that turned into a relief pitcher. You so. look at their top talents, they're homegrown. They supplement their team with guys like Trevor Bauer, with guys like Liam Hendricks now. Well, with, they pulled Justin Turner off scrap heap. Nobody wanted him. They've pulled about half their roster. They've pulled Max Muncy off the scrap heap. Mm-hmm. They've pulled uh, Justin Turner and they've and Kike Hernandez became has become one of my favorite players to watch just because of what he did in the playoffs. He it, when if you needed a clutch at bat, he seemed to be the guy that always had that always had those at bats for the Dodgers. They're gonna miss him this year, but but I, it it's the Padres and again let's not let's not forget about their team. They have. I mean, an uber-talented, a talent at almost every position. And this is, it's going to be, because the American League, I, I don't really know. I mean, the Yankees, if when healthy, are contenders. Uh, the White Sox, I, I, the, I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick my World Series, my dream World Series matchup would be White Sox-Padres right now. The reason that's my dream matchup is because they're both super young teams. They're both the teams of the future. They're both the teams of the next five years. They're both the teams of my college years. They're both the team. are going to be the, the powerhouses, I believe, of those years because they have the money to pay guys. You're not going to pay them. Um, it, it's it, I'm, 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 if I say it again, I'll say it again. It's going to be a super fun rivalry to watch, especially when you account for they play each other a lot. They play each other what 19 times a year. Yeah, right? so. and it's also fun to think this is like you know as I I was either not born or way too young to remember this. In the two, early two thousands, when the Yankees and the Dodgers, Yankees, Yankees and the Red Sox decided to retool 
remember the Yankees picked up A-Rod and the Red Sox picked up Kurt Schilling and he was like, let's go into 4 And I wish I'd lived through those two years there where it was like the both teams were just retooling to face each other. And now I feel like I kind of am where the Dodgers and the Padres are kind of filling up their roster just to beat each other, just to, just to come out of the National League on top. Because who else in the National League can compete with them? The Mets? The Cardinals, Cardinals are going to be scary now that they picked up oh, Arenado. I just want to point out scary. the fact how much I hate. I hate the Cardinals. Sorry, I forgot. I hate two teams. I hate the Cardinals, and I hate the, and I hate the Astros, and I just dislike the Giants. The Cardinals I hate, mostly because of what happened in 2011, but I just don't like the Cardinals. I don't know why. I just That's pretty much for that reason alone. I just hate the Cardinals. And which is funny because when you were a kid, you had an irrational hate of the Padres, too. We didn't have to bring that one up. I don't know why I hated the Padres. I don't know why I hated the Padres. I just did. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I don't ask. I don't hate them now. You just like the brown uniform. I No, I do not. like. I love Tatis. That's what I love. If if I could get... I want a Tatis jersey, but... Um, yeah, I saw the other day it said, if you were to start a franchise right now with any active player, who would you choose? And it would be hard to Soto, choose between Soto. Tatis and Soto and Trout, but I think I'd have to no, choose it, Tatis. No, it, 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 it was Acuna. I would have to choose Tatis. He's you younger see, and more exciting. Tatis is... He, he's going to be like Bauer. He's going to be a guy that just, you know, like, like Griffey. You know he's going to change the game of baseball. He's going to bring in new ideas. He's going to bring in, you know... And I think being on the cover of the game, that helps your career. I don't think a lot of people who don't understand gaming quite quite understand what that impact... It, 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 it's like on the Madden cover. It shows that, hey, you finally made it to the big time, kid. And, man, the Padres team is young. They're fun. They've got great pitching. They've got great hitting. It's just... I don't think the Cardinals can compete. I don't think they have... I don't think they have enough pitching. They don't have enough pitching. I don't think they have enough hitting either. Although they've got a good one. Flaherty is... Flaherty is, is outstanding. Is outstanding. Yeah. But um, one guy is not going to mean... Hey, look, Flaherty outdueled Kershaw. Great. Now tomorrow you face Bueller. Then then two days later you're going to face Bauer. Have fun with that. You're going to lose. Um, who else? The Nationals have a decent team. I love Juan Soto. I mean, Scherzer and Strasburg are still a, a pretty good two-headed monster there at the top of the rotation, and they're still pretty fairly new champions uh, just two years ago. But um, there's there's no one in the National League that can quite compete with either the Dodgers uh, or the Padres. The Phillies have a pretty good team. The National League has a bunch of re- pretty good teams. The Pod, the Phillies are pretty good. Uh, the Bra- the Braves, I think, are, sorry, sorry. Let me correct my our past statements. The Braves can compete with those two teams. They're 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 pretty. They're the Bra- really the good Braves teams. have the pitching, and Freddie Freeman is off an MVP year. Acuna and Albies are two super fun young talents. Um, they 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 can dethrone them. The Braves came within one game of beating the Dodgers. So obviously, and I think that if you can come without beating the Dodgers, then you can do that against the Padres. But um, I don't want to go too long here, so we're going to shift really quickly. Well, I was trying to find this graphic. I saw it said, who had the best rotation, the, the Dodgers versus the Padres? And I think it's probably still advantage Dodgers, but the Padres could be could have a scary good rotation this year. That, yeah. well, um, there, a couple of their young guys rebound into form, like Lamette and Paddock. If oh, they can rebound Paddock. into form, I love they're going to be scary good, too. So, and Clevenger next year back. Shout out to the YouTuber Shelfie. That was his dark horse Cy Young candidate was uh, Chris Paddock. I love Paddock. But we were talking about, to mention the Braves, we're going to mention Ozuna because it's kind of new news. Uh, He got a pretty hefty contract. But I I love Ozuna. He was my favorite of the big big four in Miami with Stanton, Yelich, him, and Gordon. He was my favorite. I don't know why. I just like, I just love the Marcelo Ozuna. But... Uh, I'm looking what they got. They gave... Well, it's kind of funny because a couple of years ago when he was a free agent, that everyone wanted the Rangers to sign him. I said, oh, no, not Ozuna. He's not a good outfielder, and he's not all that great a hitter, and he goes to Atlanta and has a career year. So maybe he just likes well, he, Atlanta. He went to St. Louis. He went to St. Louis, and he absolutely beat Atlanta up with his bat mm. in the NLDS. They made a key error in one of those games, too. I'll but... never forget. I was on the bus, and I watched that 10-run first inning on the bus. And I was sitting there going, oh, poor Braves. And then he goes to the Braves and is a key piece of that team. And now he's going to be for the next four years. Had a years. career year last year. It was great. He's, so. he's, he makes up for being an average defender, 
by being a super above average hitter. Yeah. In in sixty games, like in sixty games, ladies and gentlemen, he had eighteen home runs. Yeah, that's on pace. That's a crazy that's almost on pace. one every three yeah, games. That's on right? pace. Right? Is my math right there? Yeah, that's on pace for you know what? <laughs> a lot of home runs in a full season. Um, his fielding. I'm looking at his fielding. His RDRS, his defensive run saved, is actually. You ready for this? Guess what his defensive run saved is in six seasons as a left fielder. It's fifteen. He was on pace for 49 home runs in a full season, but uh, that's so, not bad. But his, no. I find oh, okay, this is this is actually pretty funny. So in sorry in left field, in 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 left field it's 15. In center field it's negative 12, and in right field it's nine. Overall it's 12 as an outfield. And see that's better than I thought it would be because I remember he made that key error in one of those series you're talking about. Yeah. And I was always was told, you know, a lot of the experts say he's not a wasn't a good outfielder, but the numbers say the those numbers, numbers kind of say otherwise. His nickname so. is the Big Bear. Never heard. I of never it. heard that either. I've never. So. I love finding out guys' nicknames, and that's what he's called. I never knew Ian. My favorite Ranger of all time is still Ian Kinsler. I didn't know his name was Bootsy. They called him. Bootsy, I never yeah. heard that one. I heard why, but I can't remember why. Anyway, so that is kind of the baseball news um, of the day of the past couple days. This has been the first podcast. My dad will not be joining us every time. No, I just kind of had the idea today because we had a lot to talk about. I thought this would be a good time and to come to intrude on your podcast. Be, being Ranger fans, um, I do. I personally, I like having someone else to talk to, that I can bounce ideas off of. Um, you didn't hear us debate because me and him could get into some pretty good debates about baseball. And some of those may not be safe for the air. So no, 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 we. No, when, we're pretty good. Well, no, when, when, when there's a microphone sitting on the table here, we we can hold back the um the the things we might say to each other. But I know that me and him both we have we have our agreements, um we have our disagreements. I think because I'm more of a stat nerd than he is, heavily more of a stat nerd. I I I love. I think you he's can, more of the, the younger generation, the stat nerd. I'm more of the older generation. The, I, I like to judge players by the eye test. I've read Moneyball. I've watched the movie at least ten times. I mean, I love it's good the, stuff. But I love the idea. Of, I, baseball has the most. I think someone did, did calculated how many statistics is in every sport. And they said baseball has like by the far. most. Um, what they, what was it? Where I heard or they count everything in baseball. They count everything. They count the, how many times you chew, you chew your bubble gum in the dugout. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably. Um, in my he he just he disagrees with this. I think you can build a team ninety percent with just numbers, and ten percent of intangibles. Because Ian and I'm gonna use a football example here for a second with Earl Thomas of the Ravens being a locker room cancer. Obviously, that ten percent kicks in there, mm-hmm. but. You might have, um, I don't know, for instance, say a guy like Charles Haley for the Cowboys, who was considered a locker room cancer and this and that, but because he had great numbers, Jimmy Johnson said, let me trade for him, and then boom, he he was the missing piece of the championships. But uh, he wanted me to mention tomorrow, well, technically today, because we're recording this at midnight, it is the Super Bowl. And uh, I know this is a baseball podcast, but it's it's the Super Bowl, you know, you got to mention it. I'm picking the Chiefs. It's hard to go against the Chiefs. Um, I don't know who, who's your pick, Dad. I, I, it's hard to bet against. Sorry, them. I was looking for something for our to end our baseball debate. Sorry. What? 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 Uh, well, what we're, we're just sorry. What you were talking about about um, the clubhouse cancers and all that. Oh. Happy birthday today to the late great Babe Ruth. Or happy birthday, I guess, yesterday. Now the greatest greatest baseball player yeah. ever to walk on the field. He said, the way a team plays as a whole determines its success. You may have the greatest bunch of individual stars in the world, but if they don't play together, the club won't be worth a dime. And that's as true now as it was when he said that probably in the 1930s. But anyway, back to shift gears. Uh, well, I mean, I'm nothing against all the you know Brady fans or Bucks fans, but I'm, I'm rooting for the Chiefs again. Um, I think I like to see them go back to back. It's not that we hate the Bucks. No, I don't hate them at all. Tom also, Brady is, 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 one, you, is one of the greatest. I respect him. If you want to pull strings for a second, if you want to pull on the Cowboy, on the Texas strings, the Chiefs originated in Dallas. They were the original Dallas team. So if you want to pull that, you can. Um, I've I mean, yeah, but I hate to pull that because when people say the Rangers have been around for 60 years, oh, yeah. well, no, they really haven't because I don't lump in the what they did in, as, the, as the Washington Senators take two before they moved here because that to me that's the Senators. That's not the Rangers. But anyway. I mean, like, 
So, uh, but, but, so in a way, that's we can celebrate almost a hometown Super Bowl, I guess, kind of. You know, is that what you're it's, saying? Because so. they, they were the original Dallas team before the Cowboys kind of said, get out, this is our territory now. And they went to Kansas City. But if so, you would pull on that string. I love Mahomes. He He's from Texas. That's another string you can pull. Um, but anyway, I got the Chiefs. I'm going to shift back to baseball here as we wrap things up. The biggest debate I've ever had with some baseball fans is if Ruth's the greatest. And I want to make my case for Babe Ruth right now. It's a pretty simple case. Ready for this? He is not the greatest hitter of all time. No. He's not. Although he's got the third he, highest lifetime average. But. He disagrees with me. I say it's Ted Williams. I don't care that he lost service. Ted Williams is the most textbook hitter. He revolutionized hitting. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, you big dummies, it's physics. It's not heavier bat, it's lighter bat. You get more speed behind the bat to hit the ball farther. Mm-hmm. He revolution. He wrote books on hitting. Billy Crystal, remember, he told a story one time about the time where he mentioned it at bat and he knew exactly, he said curveball low and away. He knew exactly what happened. Williams, he's the great, smartest hitter, greatest hitter of all time. I never said Ruth was the greatest hitter of all time. That's you you, say, you say Cobb's the greatest hitter of all time. Well, Cobb has the highest lifetime average, but I think the greatest hitter of all time is probably Ted Williams. Or, you know, in my lifetime, it's Tony Gwynn or Wade Boggs, but, Gwen. you know, but anyway. In my lifetime, heck, I haven't been alive that long. Yeah. i Trout, probably. Trout, honestly. Um, hey, the greatest hitter of your lifetime is probably going to barely hit 300 the way things are going. What do you so. mean? Who? Look at how many guys hit 300 Trout. even in the full the last full season, 19, not many. It's going, the, the number 300 years ago. Well, a lot of that's to blame for the shift. But anyway, another podcast. Well, but. I mean, yeah. um, but my case for Ruth is that no one has been able to replicate what he did as a hitter and as a pitcher. People forget, before 1920, he was one of the greatest pitchers of his era. He's especially one of the best left-handers because Madison and Johnson were both right-handers, and Grove I don't think was playing yet. So I'm a little fuzzy in my history from in that in that era sometimes. So don't okay, don't at me. But Ruth was an ex. He, he has 94 pitching wins. He's 94 and 47, I believe that's his record. His ERA is like 213 or some crap. Now, of course, he pitched in an era where where if your ERA was over three, you were like, good lord, but. But yeah, he's ninety four and forty six with a two twenty eight ERA. He won twenty three games in nineteen sixteen with a one seventy five ERA. Nineteen sixteen, he was he was one of the best pitchers yeah. on the planet. And uh, he had the consecutive scoreless innings in the World Series until that was broken by Whitey Ford in nineteen sixty one. I had a debate with a friend of mine named Lucas, and at lunch, who claimed that Gibson, because he allegedly hit nine hundred home runs, was better. And I said, yes, many many men have been able. To, some men have been able to re- have been a better hitter than Ruth. Right, but no one can replicate what he did as an overall player—not hitter, not pitcher, both combined. No one's ever done it. Also, the fact that he revolutionized the game of baseball by just being Babe Ethan Ruth. Because I, sorry to drop that one on you there a little bit, but Ruth was the man. He's the most interesting man to ever play baseball. I've read books about him. He have done reports on him. He's uh, just a, a fun individual to read about. And of course, we I mean, it, and it's hard judging his defensive stats too when you say greatest all around player. But when you look at his career fielding percentage, we can only go by that. It's nine sixty eight overall for outfield and everything. And uh, in an era when the when the average was nine sixty six, so so he's he definitely average above man. average. But uh, but being a pitcher, he had a heck of an arm. Being a pitcher. Uh, heard, I heard some player say he had the most accurate outfield arm of his day. So, you know, it, and it's it, to me it's just remarkable how, you know, even now he's been dead since 1948. Sure that we're still talking about him. And if you show a lot of baseball fans this picture, I think a lot of baseball fans would know, at least know who he is. So to me it's You're remarkable not. that, you know, probably Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali are the two most recognized athletes in history. Well, okay, I I'm gonna, still. I'm gonna I, mean, I said in history, still. I know, so. right, I'm saying this, that there was a guy on the last, day, by the way, but to shift to basketball for a split second here, the last dance documentary on Netflix that ESPN did, it was exceptional. But one of the guys on there said there's three alpha males in sports, and I agreed with it. Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, and Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Ruth was, I mean, because you got to remember, up until the 50s, Baseball was the sport. Was there the was sport. none. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was others. Football was around. Basketball was kind of around, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there was other sports. But guess what? Baseball was number one. Then in the 60s, it started to shift. 
the 70s, it kind of came back a little bit, and and it's been shifting towards football and soccer and basketball NASCAR. and NASCAR NASA. and all these other sports um, because apparently baseball, again, is too slow. By the, way, by the way, we're approaching an hour here. Baseball is a chess match. People don't like, but we saw we saw that graphic once that the total action in a it's, baseball game is actually higher than a football game. But it's because a football action consists of a play that lasts six seconds that was a 20-yard slant pass, while a baseball play can last 20 seconds because of, from the time the pitcher starts his motion, action starts. And from the time the umpire calls time, action stops. And that can be a lot, a lot more time than a, a football game mm-hmm. of action. And you know, people. Oh, I love going to baseball games. I just don't like watching it on TV. And I understand that argument mm-hmm. or, or that claim. But baseball is always fun. And I think the reason it makes—I think I said earlier—makes it fun for me is the anticipation. Rise the pitcher's about to throw the ball. There's a million. I mean, probably an almost an endless amount of possibilities of things that can happen. Mm-hmm. He can. I mean, I mean, obviously the start is he's either going to hit it or he's going to miss it. And then from there, if he misses it, it's it's like a choose your own path. The miss, if he misses it, you die, you're done, go back, you know, either go back to the dugout or take take your next pitch. But if you hit it, there's an almost an endless amount of possibilities of things, of different things that can happen. And none other is the example of the Game 4 in the World Series. I mean, who would have thought, remember, when Brett Phillips hit that, the, the, the walk off. Oh, hit. that was crazy. That's yeah. one of the most intricate baseball plays. If I if I had to if I had to like show the outfielder bobbled it. Taylor bobbles, throws to Muncie. Muncie's throws Muncie like throws line. a cutter yeah. to uh Will Smith. Rosa ran up, falls down three stooges style, and then and then I mean like army crawls almost back to the plate. Still scored. And it's one it's one of those kind of games you're like if you have one game to there's, there's two things I want to say about it, and then we're going to end it. There's there's two things about the game. There's the there's the if you had to show a guy a few games to get him into baseball, that's got on the list along with Game Six, 1975, probably Game Six, 2011, and Game Seven, 1991. Yes, which I still think is the greatest game of all time. Smoltz, and then it also is my probably my favorite quote of all time. It's Earl Weaver. Well, okay, not my favorite. It's one of my probably one of my favorite baseball quotes. And, it's, and I will clean up the language for you. It's when Weaver said, uh, that's why baseball is the greatest game of them all. You have to give the other man his chance. You can't run out the clock. You can't knee out the clock. You can't out. You just can't dribble out the ball. You have to throw the ball over the plate and give the man his chance. It's why this is mm-hmm. the greatest game of them all. And that is so true. If we could run the clock out, the Rangers would be world champions. So, you know. If you could. Well, this has been fun, Dad. I think we should. We're going to do this again. And again, on the football podcast, I'm trying to have my friend Isaiah on there at least once and have uh, my friend Seth on there that I mentioned, uh, have him on there. But so, just, just so there's no confusion, this is the baseball podcast. It's just, this is, it's it's the same but different. Yeah, thanks for having me, son. I know I won't be intruding on all of your You're not intruding podcasts, but yeah, I would like to talk some baseball with you because, you know, baseball is a talking sport. So. Well, because me and him, I mean, if you look at this, I mean, we, we, we've gone over an hour, and no one's going to want to listen to an hour's worth of two schmucks talking baseball. But, oh, they might. Who knows? I if mean, not, it was fun. So. If not, this is, see, this is like, me. I wanted to let y'all know who the the, 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 the seven people that are listening to this. Um, I want to let you know that um, me and you probably could have put this microphone anytime we get together and talk about baseball, especially when going to Ranger games and... Um, and things like that is when you could probably put on a microphone and get some better material than some things on MLB Network. Yeah, and I know last year was such a crazy year with COVID and people getting sick and and dying. So I know this seems minuscule compared to everything that was going on. But you know, it's kind of a shame that we didn't get to go enjoy our new ballpark last year. I, I even checked into World Series tickets, and I thought oh. maybe maybe they might give us a break during the pandemic and. Uh, you know, no, the, even the World Series tickets were out of well, my price range. So, so maybe we'll get to go enjoy the ballpark this year. In the pandemic, know. and I want to say that you know people that want to say sports isn't that important. I think that you saw. I hope that people who don't think the sports is that important truly saw the world kind of got better. Not that things are still not crappy. Things are still you know not great, but things it, the the morale of America, in my opinion, improved. When the NBA Finals came mm-hmm. back, when the playoffs came this back, when the NHL Finals, I'm sorry, 
it, watching watching the Stanley Cup run for the Stars when they went. That was great, great sports memory there. That was very improbable and very amazing. Very fun to watch. And when baseball came back, and now when football came, and I think what I love from the leagues is that the perseverance, the listen. I know, and I think a lot of people criticize them. You know, they need to shut it down Mm -hmm. because there's cases that, listen, we're going to have a season because we understand that sports is important. Uh, In the parentheses, it was we want our profits. But it it was also... Sports is important to the morale of the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at anytime we had a nine eleven, people were singing New York, New York in Chicago. Sports is a is a morale boost for the country, especially when you have. And I, I think this is really fun too. Florida was hit hardest by COVID more than almost any other state. Mm-hmm. When you look at now, obviously there's some numbers there, but I mean, there's, there's some of the highest numbers in the in the in the country, and nurse, nursing home or not, it was still very high numbers. And I want to note that in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they won the fi- they won the Cup. And uh, the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat went. In baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays went. And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A team from Florida appear, at least appeared in all four major sports championships. And three of them were from Tampa Bay. The Lightning... The, and the one from Miami, of course. Yeah, and how crazy is it now we're going to actually have a hometown team hosting a Super Bowl for the first time in history? Oh, that's... Know? See, I, and I, you'd think it would have happened because they. And my, I think my mom was like, Brady, how did this happen? I told her, you know, listen, they announced it before the season. Mm-hmm. And you'd always... I'd always think, why don't they announce like a really sucky team? And they, they know, like... like Hey, um, the New York Jets are going to be hot. We're going to have it at MetLife. Not when it's 20 degrees outside and snow up your butt in snow. But that would be fun. Because, but um, anyway, so this has been fun talking baseball. Uh, we will definitely do this again. I might make this like, we might, what I'm thinking about doing is maybe me and him create our own podcast that we do on Saturday nights and or every other Saturday night and we just like, just talk, just sit and debate baseball topics. So this has been fun. Dad. We'll do this again. Um, Thank you. Yes, this was fun. There so will be, it. for the football fans, there will be a football one up either tomorrow night or Monday morning. Or not Monday morning, but a Monday afternoon because some of us have school. Um, got to talk about that Super Bowl. Hopefully but I got to talk about Super Bowl, and I will talk about the awards that happened tonight, um, or technically tonight. And so thanks for having This has been cool. I uh, also hope that the, that the audio quality is better. we got our new microphone. Um, I'm not using my Bingu headset. That's, yeah, we're not so. sharing a headset. Or no, anything, we're we're, so, yeah. we're using a microphone. So this has been fun, Dad. We're gonna sign off. See y'all later. All right, thanks, Brady. Bye. Bye.